There's no place like the kingdom. 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 There's no place like the What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Never Made Varsity. My name is Colby, and you can find me at Colby Complains, all one word. There's your dramatic pause again. <laughs> I'm David Rivero. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O, also known as Totally Not KD. Hey there, friends. It's your boy, Maverick. You can find me at Heartbreak Two Underscores Kid. I would keep giving you updates on whether or not we've gotten kicked off the internet, but I think that we're pretty safe at this point. I tried getting verified on Twitter because of this, and I failed. So, Did you actually? Yes, I submitted a request, and they denied me. It was very sad. What is the process like? You There's like a page you go to, and you just say why you think you deserve to be verified, and I guess I wasn't deserving enough. Did you yes. mention that we are an internationally renowned podcast? Yes, I did. <laughs> Anyways, you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. All right, awesome. So, last week's trivia question, we asked, who is the artist that, let me see if I can remember this, the only artist Our trivia question last week was, Never mind, who it. is the only <laughs> artist since 2000 to win two Grammys for Best Record, two Grammys for Best Album, and two Grammys for Best Song? And the correct answer is Adele. And the correct answer p- person answer, <laughs> I'm really struggling. <laughs> you today. are struggling. Today, I really <laughs> am. Is at Carla B underscore twenty two. Good job, Carla. I'm gonna call bias here. <laughs> I, look, I did not tell her the answer. I when I got back um, from recording last week, I told her a trivia question, and she was like, "That's hard." And I was like, "No, it's not. Think about it." <laughs> and um, she thought for like two seconds. She was like. Adele? And I was like, yeah, you got it. So she's smart. She's real smart. <laughs> All right. Do we do this? I don't want to. When do we ever want to? When do we ever want, do we ever want I, I think After we, ODU. I think, that's the one time. Yeah, that's the only time we want. I think we said this after the last one against Duke, too. We were like, do we want to do this? No. <laughs> no. There's no place uh, like the Zing Dome. Totally optional podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how'd that game go? <laughs> I'm hitting the panic button. It's time to call this season a failure. I wasn't ready for that sound. <laughs> he wasn't ready. Yeah, no, it was it was rough. Yep. I'm gonna Georgia Tech gave us that L. The business that work. <laughs> if Ron Cherry was there. He would have given them a penalty for giving us the business, but it was just not. A great game on the field. We had our chances. We did, but the offense is just not there. The defense played fine. I thought that they did well against the, the – and they, they did well against the triple option, and if they weren't stuck out there for, like, 90% of the game, I thought we, we had a chance to win that. But you you called it early in the season. That hurry-up offense is going to nip us in the butt. Well, yeah, but also Georgia Tech was on the field for 40 minutes. Their offense yeah. was on the field for 40 minutes. It's hard to play defense. Um, no, that's what I'm saying. Minutes. That's what I'm saying. That the deep, By the time the defense is gets to like, even like midway through the third quarter, they were gassed. And so, but the but it's because the offense can't create anything and help give them a little bit of time to, you know, 
catch their breath. For the, at the beginning of the game, I mean, the defense was making stops, but then the offense would go up, go three and out, get right off the backfield, and then it's going to gas the defense, and then they're not going to be able to play as effectively as they did at the beginning of the game. And so it, it's give and take, and so uh, it's on the offense to be able to score, to get down the field, at least give the defense somewhat of a break, a breather before they can come back. Yeah, but how much of it is uh, who, who do we give the ball to at this point? Because, look, we have, two, we have two really good running backs. Yeah. If they put eight in the box, who's the ball going to? I would say Anthony Ratliff-Williams is now the go-to guy. And put bracket him. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Uh, I mean, Brandon Fritz isn't awful. My boy, he did make, he's good. He, he lit us up when I was in high school. He made one boneheaded play, but I guess I can't. He he had the ball past the first down marker, and then he ran back behind the first down yeah. marker, and frustrated me to no end. I think it was on third down. If we got if they were able to record yards like laterally ran, we'd be one of the best teams in the country. Hundred percent. The mm-hmm. bubble screen. The bubble screen. Undefeated. They, we had successful bubble screens. There. That is one positive that we had from that game. But there were some really ugly moments and a lot of failed attempts. I wanted to click my dinkles three times and take me back to Chapel Hill because it was not a fun day. But the band had a great time, I think, up all the way up in the nosebleeds. Yeah, we had a good time, though. That was a really, All things considered, that was a really fun game to be at. Um, after we scored our touchdown, um, we started chanting, we want Bama. <laughs> we did. I can confirm that. I just, I, there, I understand the injury issue. Right, I I will not dis I will not belittle that point. However, there are just some mistakes that you just can't make, and that's not on not having guys to throw to. That was just it was just on either the quarterback or the play calling, and it's like really basic mistakes that happen that just frustrate me to no end. How much play calling can we? But like, but how many know, plays can we call at this point? But you know Coach that the said that this is the smallest playbook that he's been functioning on this season. Yeah, but and that's okay. the I, I think. <clears throat> That's showing you that we have a really big quarterback problem because Chaz has significantly regressed every game out there. I don't know if I he's regressed or we're just seeing more of him. He's definitely feeling out his experiences as a young quarterback. He's experiencing all the down, like the negative moments of being quarterback, throwing interceptions, you know, being inconsistent on offense, things like that. I mean, and listen, he's going to get better. Listen, I'll take the I'll take the heat on one of my tweets. I tweeted out that. For the love of God, put Brandon Harrison <laughs> because maybe he can get something going. And then I blinked and he threw an interception. Literally the first play. <laughs> but this was one of the first games really where Coach Fedora said that he really took it upon himself that this was on him, uh, that he has to coach better, and then it goes down from him. Uh, and. There's even more, a larger contingent now, people saying that they want to fire for door, and I understand that. But at the same time, it's, it's trying to fill the void and trying to – It's everybody's angry and they want to be able to do something and put out all their frustrations on somebody. But uh, I'll take it uh, from a tweet that I saw over the weekend. It was like uh, from Jordan Howell, firing for door won't erase all the injuries. Firing for door won't suddenly give us experienced players. Firing for door isn't going to help, basically. I'm just frustrated. I mean, the brightest spot of our whole season is our punter. Tom Sheldon for Heisman. <laughs> and don't he's, get me wrong, Tom, Shel- really good Tom Sheldon is playing amazing, but 
it's frustrating that he's the only consistent bright spot on the team, that he's the only thing that we look forward to seeing on the field. I will say that Cole Holcomb did look really good out there against the option. I thought that he did. He looked spectacular on defense against the option. But I am going to do everyone a favor, and I'm going to turn off my mic because if I don't, I'm going to say some not nice words about Fedora, and Bryce Lapping is going to come at me on Twitter. So I'm going to turn this off right now. Okay. Um, again, due diligence. Georgia Tech, we knew what they were going to do, and they did it really well. Um, 403 yards rushing against anybody is a great game. Um, Georgia Tech has a pretty good team. Um, but, man, it's, it's been tough. When you play Georgia Tech, you need to make the most of every opportunity you get with the ball. And we did not do that whatsoever. I actually was not watching the game um, at the point where they had that turnover. Um, Maverick and I were visiting um, the IOTA chapter of Kappa Kappa Psi at that point, who was very nice to us. If any of y'all are listening, thank you for the cookies and the brownies. Um, they're real good, and they don't have nuts in them, so thank you. Um, so, yeah, we just heard screaming and yelling, and we're like, oh, that that's can't not be good. good. <laughs> not good. <laughs> not good at all. Um, and that's when I knew the game was over at that point. So it, I was like, okay. Like, I really don't know what to say at this point. Like, I've said pretty much everything I can about this team. Like, we're hurt. Yeah. I, th- I think I've finally become numb to the losses. Like, I, after leaving the stadium yesterday, that wasn't really as sad as I thought I'd be. I've just kind of nah. come to grips with it. I'm looking at our drive-by-drive summary from Saturday, and it's embarrassing. We had the ball 12 times. Punt, punt, punt. Missed field goal, halftime. Punt, interception, punt, interception, punt, touchdown, end of the game. And Georgia Tech, their drives. Punt, touchdown, punt, punt, field goal. Fumble, touchdown, touchdown, fumble, field goal, touchdown. We had the ball. We had more drives than I thought we did. Just you reading that. Which makes me yes, more frustrated than I was beforehand. The play length of those drives, 3, 5, 3, 7, 11, 3, 1, 10, 2, 3, 7, 6. You see how many? I, we I, had I, I, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 of our 12 drives were five plays or less. That's what I was about to say. I know I said I was going to turn off my mic, but I can't help it. <laughs> you can't. You can't win like that. You can't put your defense in a position like that. What were we saying last week that you get like we were going to get like six opportunities maybe to score? Yeah. We had 12. We had double that and we still couldn't do anything. We, you cannot go three and out against a team like that. Our key player had 41 yards. We had 236 total yards. It's the third lowest in uh, Fedora's time as as coach here. And it's not going to get any easier. The season doesn't get any easier. So I, I don't – I honestly cannot see – I cannot see us winning any games left in the ACC. I think I, – I can I – can, I know that I'm going to catch a lot of flack from people that are, like, really – like, Carol, like I consider myself a really hardcore Carolina fan. Like, I'm not, like, the biggest stat person or, like, I don't, I don't know who played on the bench in 93. But, like, I love this university. I love this team. I love the teams at, at Carolina. I love all of them, like, from, you know, soccer, lacrosse football, basketball, everybody, volleyball. But at some point, you have to be realistic with yourself. And the reality is this team is just not going to win many games this season. It's not 
I don't think they're going to win. The, I think the only win that we can say is Western, and I'm still worried about that one. We might jump up and get somebody. Like <laughs> maybe, but who against who though? I mean, maybe Pitt. That's maybe. why I say jump up and get some. Like, well, whoever it is going to be an upset, and we'll just get up for that one game. And this is just one of the most pitiful seasons that I've seen from any of the teams that I keep up with frequently. I think this year it's just the combination of a lot of problems. You have an inexperienced team after losing some of the strongest playmakers that we've ever seen with weak coaching combined with 56 starts lost to injury. Yeah. And I'm not like I'm frustrated for a lot of reasons and I'm not putting it all I'm not putting it all on the team. It's not all the team's fault. Like when you lose that many starts and that many starters, it's really hard to bounce back, but it's just it just sucks to have to admit that like I don't to admit that you can't see any more wins in the ACC. And I I fully expect to lose to Notre Dame. I fully expect to lose to Virginia, honestly. Like I just don't I don't know. I don't see anything. And it's really demoralizing. It sucks to have to admit that this season's over and it's October first. Yeah. Yeah. And I hate to be one of those people that's like, ah, well at least you have basketball season because I hate that because it's like I want like I want to support this football team because I love Carolina sports. But like Honestly, man, like I, re- I need football season. Not I need basketball season just to see some form of like, like good coaching and good play from Carolina. Yeah. So I really don't know what else to say about this game. Uh, Heels lose thirty three to seven. We did not get shut out. Oh <laughs> man, that's pretty much the only good thing I could say about that. Garbage um, time. Next week we have Notre Dame at home. Um, Notre Dame ran for 333 yards on Miami, Ohio. Um, I mean, yeah. Like I said, I don't think our defense is the issue. Does anyone know where Jake Lawler is? Where, where is he? Wasn't he like a really highly rated freshman coming in? And I feel like, is he still injured? I don't know. I'm not quite sure. Like I'm asking genuinely. Yeah, I have no idea, but that is a very good point. All I see here is tweets about movies. And that's not a shot at him. That's honestly <laughs> what I do. <laughs> he's a I very good follow movie. his advice. He's a very movies. good movie critic. <laughs> but no, I I, I want to say that he had like sol- shoulder surgery sometime. Yeah, no, no, summer. no. I just and didn't so know if he was still injured. He might have. I think they might have. Since he was so highly touted, they might have just given him a red shirt, and so that he that's could fair. come next year. And I mean, already, they might have already foreseen these troubles with the team. And so don't waste his eligibility, and so give him a red shirt come and start next year as a uh, first year. Yeah, He is not on the injury report. Hmm. So maybe is he just a red shirt? He might, they might just have a red shirt. Okay. Him, which, honestly, that, that makes sense. That yeah. With the team That's next probably year, for the best, honestly. Reloading. Yeah. Don't waste the season. All right. Anything else about football? No. Not college football. So, um, college basketball is imploding. (laughs) (laughs) Life comes at you fast sometimes. College college basketball is on fire. Let's let's do this. Where were you? (laughs) Where were you when college basketball was killed? Uh, This broke on Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. I was in school, I think. I was in one of the schools, and I checked my phone and went, I had to do a triple take because it says because I read it at first and I was like four assistant coaches arrested in like a fraud or whatever a bribing case. And I was like, oh, OK. And then I hit the list and I'm like, I was like, this is going to be like some D2 schools or something. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. This was like USC, Oklahoma State. 
Um, I can't remember where the other Arizona, Arizona. 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 Yeah. So, yeah, because I was going to my poly class and I was talking to my friend Adam. Shout out to Adam. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, it's no big deal and stuff. And then the next day, I saw him and then Rick Patino was already put on administrative leave. And he's like, wait a second, that actually happened? Wow. Because <laughs> in, in between that time frame, they added Louisville to the list and everybody's like, especially with everything that happened last year with their scandal, they're like, Rick Patino might actually be done in. That, that's like it. Let, let, let's talk about this for a second. Rick Patino went from college basketball legend to a sleaze bag who is now probably whose career is now over. Probably, I was talking to my to my friend Victor online. Um, I was like, the biggest rivalry in college basketball, the biggest competition is who gets fired first, some Calipari or Patino. <laughs> and looks like Patino won that battle. I'm not sure how much winning Louisville did against Kentucky, but they won that one. We have lost yet another member of the ACC Mafia. I don't know if y'all saw, but yesterday, Tubby Smith said the softest pillow you can sleep on is a clear conscience, and I thought that was hilarious, <laughs> especially coming from Tubby Smith. And I just hate, because, like, All right, let's, he's, but he's such a hip... No, 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 I'm not done yet. <laughs> okay, on. let me back. Oh, I want to talk about how <laughs> hypocritical this man is, because I remember an interview, and I know they showed this on ESPN, about how they were talking about how they were very lucky. He was like, oh, we just got lucky with uh, Bruce Bowen. Are you kidding me? He said, oh, we just got lucky. To the face of... Do you know? I think he said we spent zero dollars. Yes, on it. I think he said those words. It's like it's like it's like somebody who was guilty. Like like, there's no way they could suspect me if I just out myself right now. Okay, so let's let's back up and talk about what happened. Um, I never even said where I was. Y'all just skipped I didn't over. say where I was either. But go no, ahead. you go first. Um, well, I was in one of the dining halls. Um, talking to one of my friends and I just I saw FBI in college basketball I was like oh that seems interesting again thinking it's just like some D2 school so I started looking through the names I was like oh oh oh." so yeah well I when I first saw that they had arrested those coaches I was still in bed I'd gotten (laughs) an alert from ESPN about it but and like I don't know. I saw those names and I was like, that's kind of a big deal, but I still thought it was going to blow over because there weren't like any huge college basketball names. But then later that day, I was at work at the Morrison Package Center and uh, Rick Pitino's name came out in that. And that's when I knew that it was like big because they're going to get the death penalty. He's, I was I was going to ask that okay because well, Rick Pitino's been the is now the can we, can we, Rick Pitino's now the face of the scandal. Let's talk about what happened first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> this is this is very exciting news. <laughs> All right, so I'm getting this off of a Sports Illustrated article by Daniel Rappaport. Did you have something to say, Maverick? No, no I was going from, like it's a, it's a picture of Rick Pitino's face. Yes, that's me. You're asking how I got myself <laughs> here. Let me explain. <laughs> um, this article from Daniel. Um, Rappaport talking about just kind of recapping what's been happening. So on Tuesday, the FBI arrested four assistant coaches. Um, one from Southern Cal, one from Arizona, Oklahoma State, and Auburn. Um, basically, the scandal is schools were using their shoe deals to funnel money to recruits, either directly or indirectly. Um, right now, the shoe brand um, that has been named explicitly is Adidas, but um, Nike, I know, was subpoenaed on... For the eyeball uh, circuit, right? Right. Um, on Thursday, I believe. Um, so as it stands, the schools that have been um, hit 
are Louisville, uh, Arizona, Miami, um, University of Southern California, Oklahoma State, South Carolina, and I said that with a cadence that sounded like I was going to say another school, but that was the last one. Before we get into the actual analysis of this all, two interesting things that I saw uh, on Thursday after they fired Patino or I guess put him on administrative leave. Uh, they took Adidas off of their Facebook page for Louisville men's basketball. And also, ironically enough, on Friday, Russell Athletic announced that they were going to stop making uniforms for college teams. Wow. So they're forcing Georgia Tech to... Well, right now, they get Georgia Tech is their shoes from Nike, so I guess it'll just become a Nike school. They're going to go to champion. <laughs> I would also like to amend myself. I said Bruce Bowen. It's Brian Bowen. Um, who took yeah, I the, think Bruce Bowen's the announcer. Yes, that's who I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> I was too heated. Um, Brian Bowen, and he took $100,000 uh, in payments from Adidas um, and is currently suspended by the university. Louisville reps Adidas hard. You know who else reps Adidas hard? NC State. Ah, but Louisville has the three stripes on their court. Like, really? <laughs> Ooh. They were about it with Adidas. Um, the... AD's daughter, I think, works for Adidas. Like, they went hard for the three stripes. Sorry, I saw a text that apparently Rick Pitino sent Terry um, Mayners, Miners, and he says, it's been so tough, Terry. This weekend will be the saddest. So many years of opening day of practice. It's been three days, and I miss my players so much. What? I just... What a sleazeball, man. <laughs> what a gosh dang sleazeball, man. He even looks like he came straight out of The Sopranos. Like, he, he, that's why I say this. He, the ACC Mafia. It's Mike he, Ray, Rick Pitino, uh, and then formerly Jamie Dixon. He keeps saying he's innocent, but either... Coach, too. Either he had a big hand in two of the biggest scandals in sports since Penn State, or he's so clueless that he had two of the biggest scandals in sports since Penn State fly over his head. And both of those is a problem. Yes. Obviously having a big hand in both of them is worse because that has criminal charges, but being so clueless that two of them fly straight over your head isn't much better. Yeah, obviously he has no control over his program either way. Um also I want to say this. Some people were wondering why the FBI was involved. Um this is against the law. These are bribery charges um for Bribing athletes to come to a school. Um, Aren't they also conspiracy? Also conspiracy, um, but that's secondary to the to the bribery. So yes, it is illegal. Um, just a quick question: uh, Is Miami still under the na- under the um, schools that are being investigated? Yes. Okay, because I thought I saw somebody. Oh, it was South Carolina that's not being investigated anymore. South Carolina is weird because one of the coaches, one of those coaches left and went somewhere else. I think oh, okay. they went from South Carolina to Southern Cal, um, which is is what happened there. Oh, weird. Yeah. Also, Kansas has launched an internal investigation. Um, I think that's just a preemptive measure, but yeah. I saw that and now they're on my radar. So before we get to the hot takes, does anyone want to, does anyone have any like factual information that they want to say? <clears throat> Um, I think I hit all the hard facts. Um, yeah, Patino's been fired. The AD was also 
they were both effectively fired. They both had clauses in their contracts that said that they couldn't be fired. Yeah. They had ten. They had to have ten days notice to be fired. These are all They're legalities. Both gone. Yeah, these are all legalities. One more fact before we get going: Rick Pitino, <laughs> when he met with the Louisville Board of Directors to be put on administrative leave, uh, he met with them for less than three minutes. Yike! All right, is it time for hot takes? Yes. Does Louisville? Do we have a sound for this? Do we have a sound for hot takes? <laughs> Louisville's getting the death penalty. I was about to say, does Louisville get the death penalty? I, yes. I don't think so. You don't think they will? Because they are pro- on probation. They me. are on probation. That's, why I, think, on that's why I think they're going to get it, because the death penalty is for repeat offenders, and they are, by definition, a repeat offender. They so, got caught for something that if they were already on probation, would have gotten them the death penalty in the escorts. And now another thing that if they were already on probation would get them the death penalty in literally paying for players. How dumb do you have to be to be on probation and still do this kind of stuff? Well, in their defense... This is like something that they probably didn't think anything wrong about doing because it's something that literally everybody does. Okay, but that's yeah. a moral dis- that's a moral dilemma in itself. Like, oh, everyone else does this thing that's obviously no, well, wrong. I, well, but from the from the stance of are we going to get caught doing yeah, yeah, this? Yeah, okay, I can, I can, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. It's just funny that this conversation has started at the point where players are getting paid money and not escorts by an institution for these players. It's a little bit funny, I think. I just don't see how this how they don't get the death penalty. I think the NCAA is very gun shy about the death penalty. Once since it killed SMU football. Yes. Like it has not come back. SMU was a powerhouse. Um, for those of you who want to learn more about the um, SMU death penalty, Pony Express is a very, very good documentary about it. Um, but I think they saw what it did to SMU and they have been a little heavy-handed recently, um, namely with Penn State, yeah. with sanctions. Um, and I, random NC State fans with us. Well, one, Penn State, and then getting taken to court about it and then having to repeal those um, those punishments. I think that the NCAA is very gun-shy about giving somebody the death penalty. I can see the merit in that, but... <clears throat> Like when you put together all the when you put together what all has happened at Louisville, I feel like He's the whole bad. <laughs> the, the whole escort thing was bad enough in itself. But you add one of the biggest scandals in college basketball history. This is this could change the landscape of college basketball, mm-hmm. especially if the Nike thing gets blown up. <clears throat> like we could be seeing a massive shift in the paradigm of college basketball. Those I mean, are big words. If there's anything to kick off a massive <laughs> investigation into all the sports programs and colleges across the country, it's more likely going to be this because that's when the money's involved. It's when there's actually being money doled out to players. And that's the one thing that gets the NCAA going is when money's involved. So what do well, we, they said sorry. that they said that this initial investigation was completely co- under the radar and they was only even, was only the tip of the iceberg, yeah. and they didn't. Uh, was it right that the F- FBI didn't even cooperate with the NCAA on this case? No, be- because of they were afraid of how the NCAA would attempt to hide things. So, I think that is very telling in of itself. But at the same time, what do you think they should do then? Because if they don't come down with something hard, like I don't, if they don't come down with the death penalty, what can they do? Are you asking what 
That's what I think they are going to do. I think they but should. Say, what do you think they penalty. should do? No, I'm saying if they don't do the death penalty, what is something that they could do to get the point across? Like, what's the worst thing? What's the second level before the death penalty that they could do? Fines to hit them in the pocket. So they're such a rich school that it wouldn't matter. <clears throat> I mean, the, any, any of the blue bloods make so much money off of. School off of basketball, that it doesn't, that fines aren't going to matter that much. I feel like taking away scholarships could hurt a little bit more. Yeah, but I don't. Mm-hmm. See, but this is why I say they should get the death penalty. Yeah. I think because they should get the death if penalty. If you take away the scholarship, well, it I, incentivizes I, this kind of behavior. I also think they should get the death penalty. I just don't think they will. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, do you think they lose the championship from 2013? I think that was already gone. Yeah. Do you think it's already gone? That's yeah. already going to happen. I agree. Has. I was about to say something very not smart. Never mind. Keep Go going. Ahead. Um, they took away Syracuse's 2003 championship, right? No, I don't no? think so. The one no. with Melo. Let me verify. They, re- they, they took away some... some. They took away wins. I don't think they took away... <laughs> That's another thing that... They, so this would be the first championship despite, that the NCAA takes away. They've, they've seemed strongly on issues of taking banners, but they never really have for many cases. Mm-hmm. Like it, it requires, they, take away, like, they take away Final Four banners a lot. Yes. But... Uh, oh, they took away Memphis. Mm-hmm. They took away Michigan. Like in right. a very serious case, I don't think they took did anything uh, in Syracuse's case. Um, it was just wins. So, do you think like how deep do you guys think this runs? Like how many like how many other schools do you think get hit with this kind of stuff? Adidas is not competing with nobody. <laughs> yeah, no, they were doing this for they were doing this for a reason. I feel like. I feel like Nike's going to get hit hard, too. Mm-hmm. Now, which Nike schools? Well, before I bring this up, in a completely non-biased conversation, do we think that North Carolina pay players? If we did, we're bad at it. If we, that's what, see, this is what I was <laughs> that's, saying. That's why I think we're safe, because we lost out on a lot of big recruits. So many recruits. I feel like... And also... I just think that Roy Williams is not stupid enough that when we're in the middle of this huge scandal to continue paying players. Well, I don't think he's that kind of person in the, to begin with. I feel like he's pretty consistent in how that kind of thing. I don't think he's that kind of recruiter. I think he's more. I don't think Dean Smith or uh, he he kind of wants to. What's the word for it? Like I'm trying to find the words for it. Like he wants to. He's, he wants to emulate Dean. He Smith. He wants to emulate Dean Smith, mm-hmm. and, and so he's not going to do anything. Basically. I don't think he's. Unless some assistant coach did it under his no, like under like, like without him knowing about it, I can't. But I can't see any any of our assistant coaches. The big thing I saw over the week is take it with a grain of salt. Is that Joel Berry sent out a tweet in response to all this stuff in which he backed up coaches like this is why I came to a place like North Carolina. It, like this, I'm blessed to be a part of such. Unless Joel was the only no, one. If we didn't pay, if, <laughs> listen. If we didn't pay Joel, we ain't pay nobody. So, so I mean. A player wouldn't just come out and put themselves out there, especially in a, in a case this serious and yeah. circumstances like this, if he was not being truthful about it, because why bring that kind of attention on yourself in any way? Yeah. So, and like I said, we've lost many recruiting battles, and so that's why I think we so, are safe. One, one of these schools we kept losing recruiting battles to was Arizona. And I kept wondering, kept asking my friends, why are all these big recruits, especially from like the East Coast and from the South, not going to Duke, not going to Carolina. I remember Raul Hawkins was yeah. considering us. Laurie Markkinen was considering us. And went to, and I was like, and why are they going to Arizona? 
not to say not to say anything about them, but like that could be a reason. That for could why be they a reason there. why or why all these big recruits are going to Arizona. Um, yeah, and I know we're spending a lot of time on this, but I feel like this is probably the biggest story oh, in yeah. a long time. Oh yeah. So we, I, I don't mind spending the time on it. Um, I don't believe North Carolina paid any players. Um, like genuinely, not just from a like from a Carolina, like not being like a biased Carolina fan. Like I just genuinely don't think that that's what happened, and I also don't think that Duke did either. And that's no, going to be a very I, unpopular opinion, but I don't think Duke paid. I don't think Duke is involved in this either. I don't think Coach K. I think Coach, Coach K knows exactly what's going on in his program, and I feel I feel like he is not that kind of coach. Coach K is a rat, not a snake. Yeah, there is a difference. <laughs> Um, now Kentucky, hey big head, <laughs> hey, I don't know about y'all, but Cal Perry's already been, uh, he's had some scandals in his day, yeah, tiny bit, just a little bit. So we'll see how that works out for Kentucky. That could be very interesting. Something that I've been thinking this whole time that people have said is unpopular, but I think is very possible is that if Louisville gets the death penalty, I could very well see that as an emerging NBA market. Because they're already in the top five biggest basketball markets in the country without an NBA team. And if you have half of those fans alienated for, at minimum, it would be at minimum a year with the death penalty plus probably at least five more years of the initial recovery. They need to do some... If the, if the if, Yum if, Center if, is going to be sitting get, empty. Yeah. If, if, if they have the death penalty, Yum Center is going to be completely empty. The Louisville Supersonics. <laughs> Poor Seattle. Yeah. <laughs> Seattle need no, for real, Seattle needs an, an NBA team. Like, like ASAP. Bring back the Supersonics. They, they deserve to have the Supersonics back, yeah. man. They deserve it. But no, especially, like, uh, Kentucky is a strong basketball state, and I could see them easily pulling an NBA team. I mean, I don't know if it would be out of these circumstances with the scandal going on, but I that definitely could, could see a team getting there one day because Adam Silver is talking about expanding NBA That could work, teams. though, right? Because you need two teams to come in because to make it, like, not... Yeah. Or well, I was thinking Seattle. more of a team moving than expansion, but I'm thinking expansion. I, either way, it could happen <laughs> because this scandal I think could alienate a lot of fans. Granted, yesterday at their game when they introduced the basketball team and they introduced their interim coach, I forget his name, but when they introduced him, he got a standing ovation. But I think that at some point the fans might get bored of. Of this, this, this kind of takes the yeah. heat off of uh, off of North Carolina too. Kind of for like, bit. it's so good bit. when the scandal's not the spotlight's <laughs> not on you anymore. Yeah. It feels now, like it. do you guys think affects this? Th- this affects the timeline for us getting anything? Okay, so this is actually something I talked about um, over the summer at my internship. Um, the timescale for um, NCAA investigations. Right. Um, there are a finite number of people who can see these cases. Um, so if there are more, especially like big scandals like this one, it does affect the time scale of ongoing investigations. I mean, the thing with us is we've already had our committee of infractions meeting. Now they're just writing up decisions. I don't really think there's any more processes in, involved in our case other than just handing down the decision at this point. I mean, if then going to court. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if it's you bad. know, you it's going to be bad because they're going to overreach, and then we're going to go to court and. Listen, different issue, different day. Yeah, th- this is this this is a conversation <laughs> for another day. But I, I, 
I just don't want this to get dragged out any longer than it needs to be, honestly. Yeah. At least we're not the only ones affected by it now. <laughs> and then, you know, with this whole Nike thing coming up, because you know they're going to find some some stuff, some gunk in there. Oh, yeah. But that is our preliminary takes on the college basketball scandal. It is now time for Aaron's Baseball Corner. I have a challenge for you. I didn't, we did not talk about this beforehand. Oh, boy. I want you to talk about why the tribe will not win the World Series. What is wrong with the tribe so that they would not win the World Series? Can you do that? I'll try. All right. Or the tribe is just all perfect and they can't <laughs> possibly lose in any way, shape, or form. 90 seconds. You ready? 90 seconds. Wow, that's short. Okay. I, I know nothing about baseball, but I think the Cubs look good. Maybe. Eh? Aaron, go. <laughs> oh, you can also tell David why he's wrong. Go. <laughs> go so, I mean, I'm just going to start with some of the positives about the tribe before I get into the negative. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, we are the first team ever to have three pitchers with 17 wins and each of them having 190 strikeouts. So our rotation is obviously strong. We are the first team ever to average more than 10 strikeouts a game for the whole season. So our whole pitching staff is obviously strong. Our hitting has been really good. On July 20th, I believe, let me verify this, I saw a stat the other day that on July 20th, Yes, it was July 20th. The Indians were three games above 500. The Astros were 31 games above 500. And yesterday, the Indians clinched the best record in the American League. So we had, we were 29 games better than the next best team in the American League since July 20th, which is unbelievable. But if we're not going to win the World Series, I mean, baseball, more than I think any other sport, is incredibly streaky. And that shows, especially in October. And in the division series, especially when it's only five games, the series is very short. And if a team has a bad game or two, then they could lose. And any team is vulnerable to that. I think that we have the team. to. We definitely have the team that can go all the way. But any team that's in the playoffs can go all the way. I just think that we are very well suited to do it. I'm cautiously optimistic. I gave you 15 extra seconds. Also, I am currently on the market for someone who is willing to watch most or all of the Indians playoff games with me. Um, If we win it all, you will get to see me cry. Any ladies, hit him up. (laughs) All right. Before we go ahead, I would also like to congratulate the Colorado Rockies on making the playoffs. October. uh, The major league organization for my hometown, Asheville Tourists. Uh, if I'm correct, there were 12 current players on that roster that started out in Asheville. Um, and so it's really cool working for an organization that is producing players that are making the playoffs and being successful in the major leagues. Coolio. All right, let's move on to the NFL. Let's talk about the team that won today. I'm in a great mood, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm in a great mood. I'm in a really good mood. I broke out my youth extra large um, Steve Smith jersey from back in the day. Yeah, you got your arms looking good, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate football so much. <laughs> it was a great day for the Panthers. The Panthers win a nail biter 33 to 30. You know, the New England Patriots. If it wasn't for the turnovers, 
and uh, our defense playing soft coverage in the like we could have won that by by more. Oh yeah, but I am proud. I to- if you didn't listen last week, I totally believed in the Panthers the entire time. Uh, I did not say that we were going to be disappointed and get schmacked. Uh, <laughs> but regardless, I <laughs> I tweeted out that I had no faith in Graham Gano, and then he made a forty-eight yard field goal to win the game. So. Props to him. I love being proven wrong for that kind of stuff, man. <laughs> I'll take the L on that tweet if I can get the W for the Panthers. Yeah. Um, Cam looked good. He. This is the first week that I think he finally looked comfortable. And you know when the fir- as soon as the one play kind of summed up when I thought that he started feeling it is when he decided to say F it and run it himself for a first down. And he was like, you know what? I can't do this y'all's way i need to be i need to do this my way and he ran and he slid he slides more aggressively than anyone i've ever seen in my life and he slides with swag man he (laughs) slides he goes yeah boy (laughs) he um they call some designed runs for him today i know and it's just good to see cam back to being like being back to being cam wow that didn't make any sense he was he was 22 of 29 today three touchdowns had one real bad interception but other than that he looked really good um shouts out to jevin to devin funches who devin funches fighting through i think he was cramping he had some cramps and Um, he came in for one more play after he had those cramps and then he he got the first down and sat down and like that's my dude that's my dude um two touchdowns too again Panthers rushed for 140 yards. The Patriots rushed for 80 yards. When we hold them under 100 yards rushing and we rush for 100 yards ourselves, we win. Yep. Um, I, I don't know. I'm in a good mood. I, I'm in a good mood. I thought I thought Devin Funches stepped up. Kelvin Benjamin, Kelvin Benjamin finally had himself a good game. Um, had over 100 yards um, receiving. Um, Ed Dixon had a lot of good plays, too. I think he was – he played the receiver role well. Um, Blocking, I didn't really pay attention to him that much. But um, And then Christian McCaffrey, I thought we used him really well this week. And I'll give props to Shula for that because I remember specifically there was a play where we faked a screen to Christian McCaffrey and the entire defense shifted over to him. And then he... And then Cam turned around and threw it to Fozzie for Threw it to Fozzie for like a 28-yard touchdown or something. So that's the kind of play calling that we need. And yeah, I'm just I'm in a solid mood. We went into Foxborough, Foxborough and beat the Patriots. And Cam has never lost to Tom Brady. Cam's a goat. <laughs> All right, I'm done gushing about the Panthers. Now to the teams that did get schmacked. And uh, I mean schmacked. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Matt. Yeah, I don't know how my Titans were today. They didn't tighten up. They were actually quite loose today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little shooketh by the score. <laughs> I didn't really try to pay much attention to it because I heard it was bad from the beginning and from the get-go. We had four interceptions in the game. Turnovers were a big problem. I mean, to give it a lot of credit to the Texans, they have a really good defense, and so they stifled our running game. DeMarco Murray only had 31 yards. Derrick Henry had seven yards. Uh, Marcus Mariota got injured with a hamstring injury and took him out of the game. Uh, I mean, without him. It kind of stunted the rest of our offense. Uh, and Houston just had a heck of a day offensively. Deshaun Watson uh, had he's one of his be, better games. He's going to be some in, special, man. He's impressing so, me. I, I was very low on him coming into the NFL after seeing him at Clemson because I didn't think that he was going to 
be good enough to play in the NFL, but I think that he is going to be something special, especially with that defense behind him, man. He's gonna oh, do yeah. some he's gonna do some stuff, some really impressive stuff. Yeah, we just gotta we gotta regroup. <laughs> we gotta tighten up a little bit. We'll be on next week. We're playing Miami. I mean, they're very good. Uh they have a they have a softer running defense, I think, than the Texans do, and so yeah. we should be back on track that game. Hopefully Marcus gets healed up. Uh there's really that was a today that score. Fifty seven points. Fifty seven points. That hurts. That That's a lot. Hurt. Yeah. <laughs> That's Saints level defense. Oh, apparently not against us, but we're not gonna talk about that. Aaron. I don't wanna talk about it. Moral victory corner over there. I don't wanna talk about it. Browns for the Super Bowl. That paper bag is becoming ever more a reality. I hope football dies sooner rather <laughs> than later. No, I mean field hockey would be an adequate replacement. <laughs> I really thought the Browns were going to win this week. I really did. Yeah. Well, we didn't think that Andy Dalton. We didn't think that the Bengals were that trash, did we? There I we did. I thought the Bengals were terrible. No, Andy Dalton hit everybody with that R E L A X. Relax. And now they're doing well again. I mean, they, Good it's, Lord. It's, it's Andy Dalton. He's not a bad quarterback. You have AJ Green. Geo Bernard had a heck of a game today. He was Twenty-five yes, he of thirty. Yeah, man. Yeah, he's not, he's never been a bad quarterback. They just struggled with the season to start. It happens with NFL teams. It happens for anybody. You just gotta you gotta tighten up. Can we? I just want to say I'm really impressed with this rookie class. I feel like the rookie obviously class, you like, haven't been looking at the Browns. Okay, besides the Browns, I feel like this past draft class has been making a huge, especially the running back position, has been on fire this year. I feel like speaking of the running backs. There's like I really was appreciating Dalvin Cook's game, but he did go down today. Yeah, they're um, evaluating him for an ACL. That's that's terrible, uh, terrifying. I almost said terrifying and terror. I said terrible and terrifying. I can't talk today. Terrifying, Ter- terrifying. I don't know, but no, that's terrible. Um, God, you hate that because he was doing so well too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Kareem Hunt is destroying Balling. the game, destroying the game. Um, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I thought I think Christian McCaffrey is actually doing a lot better than people are giving credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, He's doing a lot of things that don't show up on the stat sheet. Yeah, I, that's a cliche counter. Hashtag but. grit. And not to mention Le- Leonard Fournette as well for the Jacks. Yes, a, Leonard Fournette. Born does, with a bald and with a beard. <laughs> <laughs> I am twelve. <laughs> <laughs> um, other injuries. Derek Carr Derek uh, went down Carr. today. Yeah, he had a he got kind of he got hit kind of weird and. Went out with a back injury. It was a lower back injury. Yeah. That's All right. So, week five, the Panthers have the Lions um, in Detroit. <clears throat> that might be an interesting game. It'll be interesting, but I don't think Matt Stafford's been up to par in any way, shape, or form. He's, I think, thrown the least amount of passes since 2010 for himself. Um, yeah, but teams tend to have their get right game against us. So. <laughs> but they, if they're trying to run, they're trying to run it more. Especially, well, they won against Minnesota today, right? Yes. But you know, Minnesota has Case Keenum at the quarterback position, so I don't know. I I have faith in the Panthers to win against the Lions. It could be close. It could be a high scoring game, or it could be one of those games like we had against the Bills, and it's just field goal city. It's never road trip. We'll see how it goes. We'll see. I I predicted that the Panthers will win. Math. We got the Dolphins. Uh, 
a lot of it hinges on uh, Mariota's health. If he doesn't play next week, that the chances of winning goes down significantly. We play the Jets. <laughs> you think that's a safe win? Well, I thought that the but it's the Browns. I thought the Colts, you thought the Colts were a safe win. You thought the Bengals were a safe win. Nothing <laughs> is a safe win anymore. The Jets are doing too. Tied with the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> no, ahead of hey, the Austin. Patriots. Hey, right. second place. Hey, Austin. How you doing? I, looking ahead to the draft, I don't know what this team's supposed to do. Because we need a quarterback, and it's a loaded quarterback class, but our receivers are so bad. Kenny Britt stinks. He is so bad. Corey Coleman's hurt. I hate football. <laughs> can we move you on, look please? So sad. I feel. Like <laughs> I, okay, you, we can move on. But I have one thing yes. to say in response to the protest last week because you were kind of in the heat of it last week, and we really didn't get to see like the response of it. Mm-hmm. I have some words for Jerry Jones and his play action protest. <laughs> his play action <laughs> protest. I have never seen somebody so slight. This man <coughs> kneeled before the anthem, looked straight into the camera, cheesing, gave it a little wink, and stood back up with, for the anthem. I have never seen that in my life. It's almost commendable. <laughs> Oh, and now every other team yeah. is running. It's like the Wildcat. It's like, <laughs> it's like one team does it, and now every other team in the league is doing oh, And it bothers me to know in that this, what started as a protest for valuing black lives has turned into a photo op. A photo opportunity and, and it, something that's supposed to be it's they're they're treading lightly is what they're doing they're trying to meet in the middle where on an issue that shouldn't be met in the middle about in my opinion I don't know whatever I'm annoyed did you see the NBA memo that uh, all players are required to stand for the anthem AC J.R. Smith what J.R. Smith said no I didn't is um to these um pretty much bet <laughs> oh bet <laughs> So that'll that'll be an interesting thing as um the NBA season approaches. Speaking of the NBA season, on to our Twitter questions. Our first one comes from at TK Does Nothing. What's up, TK? Uh, what do you think about Melo being traded to OKC and Dwayne Wade going to the Cavs? I love the NBA. This is the kind of crap that I would do in like a franchise mode. <laughs> like, like my GM. Like everybody's just getting big threes. Now, so on Saturday, when this trade went down that sent Melo to the OKC Thunder, I was talking with Colby, and I was like, can you believe this? OKC's actually going to be like a really nasty team now. Colby's like, are you kidding me? It's OKC. Like, they're not going to be good unless Melo's your third best player. And I'm like, did you forget that they got Paul George over this summer? I did forget that they got Paul George over this summer. And Colby's like, oh, my. (laughs) They have Paul George. This I just, seems good. I just want to know who gets the last shot at the end of the game. I want to see that argument All happen. three of them. It's like when um, someone throws an alley-oop and two people grab the ball. To the I want all three of them to like grab the ball at the same time and be like, all right, ready? You guys ready? One, two, three. Oh. <laughs> they're going to pass it. To, one's going to shoot it over to the other person who's going to shoot it over to the other person who takes the shot. I mean, Andre Robertson's not going to touch the ball ever. <laughs> <laughs> ever. He's just out there. But that, I mean, that's a nasty starting lineup, man. I mean, you got mm-hmm. 
Steven Adams at the five. You got Paul George. You got Mello. You got Russell Westbrook. And you got Andre Robertson. They you got all- two guys who can only play offense, two guys who can only play defense, and one two-way <laughs> player. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty balanced if you think about it. I mean, <laughs> I mean defense, <laughs> defense is not that important nowadays in the NBA. I mean, as long as you have one or two scores. Can you really think of, like, any, like, I mean, I can think of a couple lockdown defenders, but, like, can you really think of, like, many, like, on, on like, the winning teams, like, you know, Cavs, uh, like Warriors, like some of the top tier teams that have like lockdown defenders now. The only one I can think the of Warriors is Kawhi. have three. Well, I was going to say each of the teams, each winning, each of the winning teams probably has one. The Thunder Roberson is a really, is really a good, defender. good defender. The Kawhi. Spurs have Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard. Yep. The Warriors have Draymond Clay. Yes, because he's I, he's a taller two guard too, he is a so he's able to defend longer. He also can't dribble. Cavs have LeBron. Cavs have LeBron. But can you? And, but like, there's no more of like this. Like teams having multiple defensive stoppers anymore. Like it's all about the offense. Well, that's also the Hornets have Dwight Howard also, holding down the middle. <laughs> that's also in large part because the three point shot has become. A significantly bigger part of the game, and so you can't have which is a larger point. I was trying many to make. straight straight up defenders anymore. Yeah, now it's is, a lot more three and D guys. Yep. And I mean, in that term, in those terms, it helps OKC because that's what they've gotten in all these new players. I think people are sleeping on Houston. I think people no. forgot about Houston. They got Chris Paul out here. <laughs> they didn't need Chris Paul. I'm just scared of how they're go- he's going to mix with James Harden because it's James another Harden. system where he both people are going to want the ball. James Harden isn't the player he is. Do you think James Harden goes back to being a, a true shooting guard and not? Can't, I like, think so. Because he, he was playing to. point. Chris Paul is more of a point guard than James Harden. But then again, you, James Harden isn't James Harden when he's not playing point guard. Yeah, but in that system, when you have a good point guard, look, that system made Steve Nash an MVP. <laughs> with Chris Pass, with Chris Paul in that system, they're going to be very, very good. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what they say: when you have two quarterbacks, you have none. When you have two point guards, you have none. No, I think this is not. This, this is, is not, not the same NFL. thing. James Harden can slide over. I don't see Brandon Harris playing wide out for us because he can't play quarterback. But, hey, did you hear that Dirk is starting at the five this year for us? Hey. Interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. Cares. I'm, I'm excited to see that. This man drews. This man moves like a giraffe with arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he moves like. I love Dirk. <laughs> His running <laughs> brings me life. The Cavs have a two guard. We got a squad going. I was about to say the Cavs also look like they when have- we're healthy. Our starting lineup: Isaiah Thomas, Dwayne Wade, LeBron. Love and Tristan. Well, but they were saying that Love's gonna yeah, start, love play a lot at center, so that would mean that Crowder would play forward to start, right? Oh, say the I forgot you had say it again. Crowder. Say the lineup again. Isaiah Thomas, yeah, Dwayne Wade, yeah, LeBron, uh-huh. blanket power forward, and Kevin Love. Cavs are going to be probably right. Crowder, and then off the be- off the bench, boss man ninety nine, Derrick Rose, J R Smith, Kyle Korver, Tristan Thompson. Channing Fry, the Cavs are going to be. Yeah. They're going to be very good defensively. Yeah, like very. And that's very going to help them. That's what they needed last year. 
I and mean, we're going to finally be deep. Well, yeah. they needed yeah, I was Granted, say they needed depth. barring any injuries, knock on wood. <laughs> you you needed depth. if everyone's healthy, that is a deep team. You're too deep at every position. You needed depth at point guard, and you have it. Yeah. No, they lost a superstar in Kyrie Irving. That's that's very clear. But, boy, did they get their bang for the buck for the space that they filled oh, with yeah. it. <laughs> Getting IT, Dwayne Wade, uh, Jay, Jay Crowder. Crowder. Say, people are sleeping Brooklyn's, on Jay Crowder. That's Brooklyn's first-round pick. Yeah. Which like, could very well turn into a player like DeMarcus Cousins. Also, I am not here for the Dwayne Wade slander, okay? This man is still a great player, a great shooting guard. I don't agree with Max Kellerman to say that he was, like, better than Melo. He was, like, better than, um, he was, like, a better player than uh, Melo at this point. But, he's uh, a good shooting guard. He's a good, he's a good shooting guard, but he's perfect. He's not a great shooting guard. He's a good From 2006 guard. to 2011... I was not a fan of Dwayne Wade. <laughs> when we beat him in 2010-2011 season, I forgive uh, Dwayne Wade, and now I really don't care. Remember when he was Flash? It's a good pickup. <laughs> yes. But he's old now. He's sitting here drinking champagne with a do-rag. <laughs> so, what a life. Out here with Gabrielle Union. Any other thoughts on these two, these two pickups? Will the Thunder allow Carmelo Anthony to wear a hoodie? Yes. All right. He wore a, a hoodie during their scrimmage today. Who's the best? Who's the best of these three? Hoodie Mello, gang sign John Wall, untuck Kyrie. Oh, gang sign John Wall, <laughs> no question. Gang sign John Wall is the goat. I think gang gang sign John Wall is like, the best. Hoodie Mello is on par with Olympic Mello, and, and Hoodie Mello is better than Olympic Mello. And but gang sign John Wall, <laughs> gang sign John Wall, man, I've never seen anything like it. I'll take angry, angry LeBron. <laughs> that wasn't an option. <laughs> All right. Next question from at Michael Co. 95. What's, the fa- what's your favorite book that you've had to read for a class from high school on? I have mine, if y'all aren't ready. Go ahead. Uh, Fahrenheit 451. Um, it's got to hit my dystopian fiction um, that I like for an inordinate amount. Um, and it had a really poignant message to my little 16 year old mind. <laughs> um, it was also like, it was funny. It was a funny book. I like, um, it was Fahrenheit 451. It's a good book. Uh, Anthem by Anne Ryan is a really good one that I thought it was like, <clears throat> it introduced me to the philosophies of Anne Ryan and not that I agree with her. Oh God, please don't let that. <laughs> not that I am <laughs> agree with Anne Ryan, but I found those, the way that she portrayed those beliefs. However, uh, I'll just say weird. They are in literature. I found interesting, especially in a book like Anthem. She's probably known more from, Oh man, what's the name of that oh, book? Oh shoot, Atlas Shrugged. Yes, Atlas Shrugged. I almost said Cloud Atlas, and I was like, Oh no, <laughs> not the same thing. I had my choice, and then you mentioned that it goes from high school to now. From yeah. high school, my favorite book that I read was The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm. Uh, if for those of you who don't know, basically this dude gets exiled. He loses his girl to some conniving dude, and. He finds this treasure, he makes an alias, and he basically like gets revenge on everybody that wronged him in this p- big conspiracy that got him exiled. And he, he's a freaking boss. Uh, but then he also learns about like humility and mercy at the same time uh, and being the bigger man. 
But in, ter- in college, my favorite book I read was Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. I took a political science class on the death penalty, and it was an in-depth story on a man named Walter McMillian who got convicted of murder uh, in Alabama, uh, and it, he was wrongly convicted. There was a lot of evidence uh, that supported the fact that he wasn't, but uh, being a black man in Alabama, there was a lot of... Uh, misconduct going on in the court system uh and brian stevenson who's the author he uh, created the equal justice initiative in alabama and he he represents a lot of death penalty cases and like this uh, he actually came to unc to give a talk on his book and on his work in eji uh, i thought it was also a really poignant story learning about the system uh, when it comes to death penalty learning about that uh and it humanizes a lot of death penalty. Uh, people who ha- even have been convicted of death penalty, it does a lot of humanization for that, but especially for the people who are wrongly convicted in those cases. My favorite was Animal Farm. Nice. Uh, if you don't know what it's about, then yeah. you're an uncultured... Uh, Hey, <laughs> you're uncultured. Uh, not everyone's read it, but if I'm you not saying it, that you have... Right, I'm not saying if you have... Swine, that's what, that's what I was thinking of saying, <laughs> perfectly ironic. Yeah. I'm not saying if you haven't read it, I'm just saying if you don't know what it is. Yeah. Because, like, I get not getting around to reading it, but if you don't know what that book is, then you're, like, kind of living under a rock. I have it's a not gotten one. around to reading it yet. It's really good. It's a very good one. And it's pretty short. Uh, I've heard that. Tales from Twitter right now. Uh, Russell Wilson just got sacked for a safety by the Colts. Oh, no. <laughs> the score is now 3-2 to two in an NFL game. <laughs> Um, I have a question yeah. that we did not talk about, and it's not on the outline, but the first episode we talked about movies a lot, and yeah, I want to go back to movie talk. Yeah. Um, there's a, I want to ask y'all what your favorite movies that you've seen recently are, um, while y'all think I have one. Um, if you ha- don't have one, that's fine. I just really want to talk about this movie. Um, Kubo and the Two Strings. Yes. It uh, is a... One is a beautiful movie. It's an animation, stop motion animation movie. Um, it's rated PG for some reason, but good lord, that's a dark movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it has some great music. Um, the story is very touching. Um, I really just, I think everyone should see this movie. Have you seen it? I have David? seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. And it's a real shame that not as many people have seen it. It came out it came out August of twenty sixteen. Um didn't make a lot of money, I don't think, but it's so good, man. It is so good. And I think it's up for some awards. Um yeah. but man, Kubo and Two Strings is great. I watched Spirited Away recently and I'm I reminded need to rewatch that movie. I'm reminded about how that those those movies, those Studio Ghibli movies make me feel. I always feel fantastic after those because it's so whimsical and the animation is just beautiful and always there's always a poignant message in every one of the those world movies. building oh it's amazing so fantastic. amazing and i always feel i'm getting emotional <laughs> i always feel just so like lighthearted after i watch them yeah. no matter the met like even after um princess mononoke where that's a re- that's a probably one of the darkest movies that he's written besides grave of fireflies Dear God, Grave of Fireflies, sweet Jesus. Um, <laughs> I just, 
every time I finish one of those movies, I always want to jump right back in because it's like I'm. You want to go back I to could, that world? I feel like I'm missing a part of myself because like I feel like I'm a part. Like I feel like I need to experience it again because I want to be there, and it's fantastic. And it stirs up a lot of emotions in me. Like with my my job, I had this summer. And in, in being in addition to school, I really have not had a good chance to get into a theater in several months. But a movie that came on that I watched once when I was younger, but uh, I was able to watch the entire movie with my roommate, was Castaway. It's an oldie, That's, but a goodie. Castaway, Castaway a good is a wonderful film. Uh, I mean, you got Tom Hanks, who's just a master at his craft. Uh, the story itself, like, it's the story of, like, like finding yourself and finding your home and like getting back to your home and your loved ones and then finding out that your loved ones have moved on and naturally in that process and like that's created sad it's like you want everything to be good but it's one of those stories where despite the there's a happy ending as if you come back but at the same time people have moved on without you and so like but the soundtrack too with that movie is fantastic, it's amazing, uh, yeah, it's amazing work, and like it evokes those kind of emotions too. And so, like, I try to to pay attention a lot to soundtracks with movies and how it connects uh, with the dialogue, with the scenes individually. And that, I mean, it was a great movie. I also just don't get out to the movie theater very frequently. I think I've only been once, maybe in the past. Like since summer break, since the begin, the end of last school year, I think I've been to the movie theater once, probably, and I saw a fantastic film, Despicable Me Three. And with that, we are moving on. I would like to. to I would like to hold on one second before we move on from movies. I would like to say that the scores for all of the Studio Ghibli movies are fantastic. Even if you don't watch the movies, go listen to some of the music from those movies yeah. because it's absolutely magical. And I would like to make a referendum on my favorite uh, school book that I can't believe I forgot this, but Lord of the Flies is my favorite book that I read through school. Also, never got around to that one. It's it's a good one. It's it's a goodie. All right. Um, one one last, last, last thing. Um, person that scored that movie, um, Castaway, Alan Silvestri, also scored, get ready for it, Back to the Future, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Forrest Gump, Captain America, First Avenger, The, the Avengers, he's going to do Infinity War, um, Predator, Predator 2, Stuart Little, uh, Lilo Sitch, and Night at the Museum. Stuart Little, that is a good film. That, that's a part of my childhood. That's great. How are he's we also a percussionist. How are we doing on time? Um, we should move on to our weekly trivia recap. <laughs> Dang it, um, I want to talk about Mitch Trubisky. How? Oh, ooh. We should mention that I called it. Yes, he was going to start. It. Talk about it. Um, I said that um, that Mitch was going to start four weeks before the Bears buy. The Bears buy is week nine, so I said week five. By many many reports, Mitch will be starting next week against the Vikings, which is a tough start. But hey, you you need he needs reps. He needs reps, and he needs to be in there. And I'm excited, honestly. It's I'm Trubisky time. Let's Mr. go. Mr. Biscuit. I'm cheering for my boy. Let's go. All right. Weekly trivia recap. How we do? Bad. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't good. No, it was not. No bueno. Um we had a couple we had a couple guests. We had some guests. Um 
I had a paper to write, okay? Oh, yeah. School comes first. Mm. I'm a studious (laughs) student, okay? Um, Yeah, we did not do that well. But um, what did you eat this week? What did you eat this week? I forgot. This week I got this new candy that I saw at CVS. I was going to get cherry sours. But this was like some candy from Trolley. It was like with a crunchy outside and a gummy inside, and I was not a fan of it. Not good. Do not get the candy. What's the brand one? Call them out. What? Uh, it's Trolley. Trolley, don't eat it. Well, no. <laughs> most Trolley things are good. I got like a nope, two-pound bag of Trolley Sour Worms yesterday because I love those. But this one was not satisfactory. Trolley's trash. Get it trending. Um, <laughs> nice. This week's trivia question. This week's trivia question. There are three teams in the FBS who have never played an FCS team. Who are they? If you know the answer, tweet it to us at NeverMadePod. And if you are the first one, we will shout you out on the podcast and you will get a firm handshake from Mav. Carla, I think, is going to get the first handshake. Oh, yeah. Oh, this trivia this week. Yeah, we'll see your face. What's happening in our lives? David, how is, how's the school thing going? School's going really well. I had some observations, and they both went very well. Um, yeah, I'm around some good kids. They're, they're really open to having somebody that they don't know come in and teach them. Um, they've been great. Um, other than that, I went to the Raleigh Bluegrass Festival, the IBMA uh, International Bluegrass Festival, and good lord if you have never been even if you don't like bluegrass music it was such a like family friendly like just a cool overall environment that like i really recommend that like anybody should really go to that and experience it because there's good food there's good art there's like some really cool music that they have going on there was like seven or eight stages that were like all along like seven blocks of raleigh like downtown raleigh um and they had like uh, the convention center where they had they were selling like mandolins and dobros and banjos and it was just really cool to experience and that like fun. people watch it was really cool to go see and I had the best thing in the world I went up to this food truck and they had um, pulled pork tater tots so they had tater tots yo and it had pulled, you know how I feel about tater tots pulled pork eastern style barbecue oh oh it was and I oh. And they had like a little thing where you just pour all the barbecue on it. Oh. And it was fantastic. Mm. I have a picture of it on my Snapchat. And it, it you need to go. Anyone, I would recommend to anybody that you go experience that. At, for, at the very least for the food. Anybody else? I had a scare this week with my, one of my pets back home. My mom and dad called me and said that my 14-year-old pig named Angel had fallen ill. And to expect the worst, but I think she just had heat exhaustion. Oh no! And I think she's okay oh, now. Good. My dad poured five gallons of water on her and cooled her down, <laughs> and she's okay now. She just was a little tired. Mm-hmm. I love my pig Angel. <laughs> good old Angel. Shout out to Angel. But <laughs> speaking of both my pig and Eastern Barbecue, <laughs> <laughs> on the trip to Georgia Tech, we stopped at a very good barbecue joint. Yo, it was so good. <laughs> Now, unfortunately, it was more Western style. It was like kind of tomato based, but I can't, I counteracted that because you know this restaurant's good when there's Texas Pete on the table ready to go. Yeah. So I put some Texas Pete on there. It was very good. The sweet tea was good, and I felt 
in Southern Heaven. Eastern style barbecue is the best. All those who like Western style are ingrates and swine. <laughs> I'm from Asheville, and uncultured, I like Eastern style barbecue. Uncultured Dang. swine. Not really. I'm just very. I'm not that passionate about. I'm it. hurt. <laughs> no, but Eastern. <laughs> I don't understand how you could like tomato based barbecue. It's a little sweeter. It's not about that, man. It's about the flavor. In other news, on Thursday for my biology class, I visited a fish farm, and it was actually pretty cool. We learned about... Do you see all the fish grazing? We learned about tilapia. <laughs> and it was actually pretty cool. For all of a half hour, I was like, I want to be a fish farmer and solve all the problems in the fish world, because this guy really loved his job. And he was a Carolina alumnus. That's cool. It I was just, cool. I just realized that I, this is the only... like medium where i have like really strong opinions everything else i'm like really chill about but as soon as i get on this podcast i'm like everyone is wrong when the mic comes on it's always hot boy all right anything else going once going twice well if you want to find us you can find us at nevermayvarsity.podient.co leave us a rating on itunes give us that five star rating that sweet sweet five star rating five stars that sweet eastern style (laughs) five star rating uh, anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMatePod. Thank you, Jake, for the theme music, and we will see you next week. Love, peace, and chicken grease. Y'all, y'all come back now. <laughs>